Hello there, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here with Slenderella in Austin, Texas. I personally am in San Diego, flying back to the beautiful Austin tonight, where I hope no one has melted yet. It's in the hundreds there, so say a prayer or send some good vibes or whatever that is. (laughs) We have, again, an incredible guest for this episode. I got to be in-house when they recorded this one, and he was so fun to talk to, but of course, before we get into it, The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Okay, so today's guest is Kinsey Williams. Kinsey is the co-founder of a new float tank facility out in Midland, Texas, or in that area at least. My apologies if it's not exactly in Midland, Kinsey. Uh, He's a super cool guy. Uh, The boys met him at Paleo FX in April, and they've become friends with him ever since. I believe he visits a few times a month from Midland, which is quite the drive (laughs) to make into Austin, but that's super cool. Um, He's been working with Nurse Doza on his blood work and his health and all that stuff, and is already immersed in the alternative health space himself by starting this company. So very cool guy to talk to. We got into a lot of different subjects, including, you know, just mindfulness as well as anxiety and depression and how the two of those actually don't typically coexist. A lot of people think they do. And uh, as well as some cannabis talk. So (laughs) uh, I will leave it to the boys on this one. Here is Kinsey Williams on the How Do You Health podcast to whatever the influence is and just adjust on your own because think about it like you don't tell your body today i'm going to be depressed like i am depressed <laughs> i'm going to be further into depression today today i can't think straight i'm not going to think straight today like no one says that shit. right it's rare that anyone says i'm going to think sh- clearer today right how does that happen it's, it's one thing to have the body focus on the idea that you're going to think clearer but then you say like okay if i know sometimes it's out of my control my body's naturally going to adapt 
there are certain things in my environment that my brain's going to naturally adapt to, and things like Wernicke's, Broca, Hippocampus, Hypothalamus, all these things just naturally occur without me ever having to think about it. It puts right. words together with the pictures, right. it forms hormone signals, and there's a checks and balances that I can't see on the surface until it arises in the form of a symptom. Right. And we talked about depression. Most people know what depression is, but they don't know the severity of it until they've dealt with it personally, right? And I think a lot of people in this room know depression very well. Right. And it's interesting because it's a label and it's a stigma. It's a sign of dysfunction, a chemical imbalance in your body. What if that chemical imbalance is coming from the hypothalamus? Right. And what if for your depression, you're recommended to go float in a device that's going to allow you to let go of everything that's holding on to you and you release from that sympathetic nervous system right. and you go into parasympathetic mode. Right. What happens to the hypothalamus hmm. then? Right. Right. I'm sure it tells it in the oh, book. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at, at that point, your body um, really gets to um, a homeostatic state. You start to, I mean, let's see. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> And for people who are trying to keep up at home, yeah. I know it's kind of technical. He brought resources. I yeah, we it. brought resources. Uh, the hypothalamus is a part of the brain that sends signals. It's like a controlling area, like a master control system. And it sends signals to your pituitary gland. And your pituitary gland sends all these signals to your endocrine system that are your organs that control all your hormone production. Let me uh, read this. This is called General Adaptation Syndrome, GAS. Uh, yep. This is by a man called Hans Soleil. Yep. He's an endocrinologist. Yep. Um, and he says that there's three stages, um, alarm, resistant, and exhaustion. The alarm is our initial reaction to a stressor, a dramatic fight or flight mobilization of the buyer's entire stress mechanism. It's re in resistance, our bodies focus their attention on a specific point at which the stress is attacking us, and the resistance shifts to these organs that are best capable of handling the threat. However, because our resources are diverted from dealing with these specific stress, our general resistance to disease is then weakened. So there it is right there. Cortisol stress weakens your immune system. Yeah. So what is a float tank going to do? <laughs> well, first off, it's going to help get rid of inflammation. Mm -hmm. And then in the same process, you're boosting your immune system. Yeah. That's that Hans uh, Seeley is an endocrinologist. Yes. Say? It's funny. In chiropractic school, all we were talked about was Hans Seeley. Because he talks about this is what stress does to your body. General adaptation of stress will literally affect every part of your body. Right. And it's, a, it's funny because this is a doctor talking about the state of disease. And most allopathic physicians have maybe heard of this person. But I don't even think the endocrinologists who have him as a forefather follow that what mentality. Right. Right. What do you think that is? Because we're taught to treat a presenting symptom and not work backwards, work forward, right. right? Because think about this. If you say, if you present with an issue, let's say you go to the ER. Right. I don't have time to wonder how you got that knife in your chest. I don't care. Right. You're dying. I need to save you. I'll worry about that later. Save you, let everyone else deal with it later, right? Don't work backwards. I have 30 patients outside. I don't have time to sit here and wonder why, why you have diabetes. You just have diabetes. I'm going to treat it. If you work backwards and you say, why did this happen? You come into the predicament of what we were talking about with your pigment. Right. Like, 
where along in the pathways is there dysfunction? And can you pinpoint that through data, laboratory testing, or even um, diagnostic workups? Right. This is the medical side. This is how I think medically. Now let's go to education. Let's say the teacher is teaching someone in second grade and this kid doesn't know cursive, doesn't know how to multiply. That teacher might take the time to say, you know what, I'm going to work with them, and we're going to tutor them, and we're going to get them better, right? Maybe they don't have the time for it. Sucks, man. Find an outside tutor. Right. We'll hold you back. You know, dyslexia is a thing that might have occurred along this way. Maybe they weren't able to pinpoint it, right? Their brain wires differently. Autism, their wires differently. Right. Figure out that they are wired differently and adapt to that person. Right? The flotation device is one of the most neutral things you can do because it doesn't care what's going on with you. Right. It doesn't care if you just divorced, if you had the best day of your life, you just became a millionaire, whatever. So just come here and just rest for a minute and see what your body does after you allow it to rest. How do you get into parasympathetic mode? Right. People want to know that. Step into a flotation device right. and you basically are meditating. Right. Absolutely. Right? It puts you into... Um into alpha waves, you know, um, alpha in a theta state, yep. you know, and that's really where you want to talk about sleep again. That's where the body really heals, heals is in that theta state, something called hypnagogic, hypnagogic. Okay. It's a state where your body, again, is, is, is doing everything on such a self-regulating manner um, to where you don't have to have these, all these stressors negating your own healing. Because do you heal me, or does do, do you help my body heal me? Do you I might I might help your body heal itself. Right. That's you how I look at see, it. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, um, let's let's let me let me digress from that just for a second. I just lost a friend uh, about three days ago. Uh, speaking of depression, he hung himself. Um, and sorry, man. Yeah, it's uh, speaking of a stigma, it's it is a stigma. You know, when especially when you're supposed to be a man, you're suck it up. Yeah. You know, sure. don't don't talk about your problems. Just go back to work. And and um, I really think in um, our society, we need to be able to take a step back now and like really look at mental illness from a completely different perspective. Look at it like it is cancer because it is a type of disease. And from literally, it's why why do we see that any different? You know. And could we go into talking about the MTHFR gene yeah. and someone? how that plays on depression yeah so first of all I'm, I'm sorry to hear that because that is it hits home because we see people who walk in here every day with right. depression and like I said before the severity of it for everyone is something that you don't know about until you walk a mile in those shoes right yeah. and it's incredible because for someone to literally say I don't have any options I don't have answers it's something that we might not ever experience hopefully we don't but we need to relate. So my, the way that I relate to it is this way. Um, let's, let's say that the body functions on a certain type of gasoline. Right. You need that gasoline to always be full in the tank. Maybe you need a quality type of gasoline. right? That is more of your macronutrients and your energy, your carbohydrates, your fat, your protein, all that as well. That's one way how we function. Another way that we function is we produce something called ATP, which is energy, right? You get up the energy in the morning to wake up, to run around, do errands, to go to work. Your body's pumping the ATP, and you're, you're functioning, and you're energetic. 
if you produce serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine, GABA, those are the five major neurotransmitters, if you're producing those, you're functioning better, which means whatever is going on in your life, hopefully you're handling it, you're adapting to it, right? Slow serotonin production has always been thought about as the hallmark of what depression really is. The funny thing about it is is that it's not the only thing involved in depression because depression is like a third tertiary symptom of what the dysfunction is in the body. Namely, there might be dysfunction in the brain or the gut. Mm-hmm. Serotonin is really produced in the duodenum, which is right. the small intestinal tract, or one part of it. And if the gut is disrupted, it could be disrupting the brain. If a person has low serotonin production, yes, they might have presenting symptom of depression maybe they have anxiety maybe they have trouble sleeping maybe they're irritated and pissed off and cranky all the time maybe they don't have the motivation to get out of bed in the morning and go do what they need to do because they're also not producing dopamine right right now your methylation gene for example i'm going to bet that people who have depression usually have a mutated gene involved in the process that allows them to produce serotonin maybe your friend was the same way right. i'm not sure right i know on your end right. and my end and baldo us sitting here right now on this couch we have the worst methylation <laughs> gene <laughs> that you can imagine and because of that we have a gene that basically produces serotonin dopamine atp and antioxidants so if that mutated gene the mthfr gene is not able to produce the serotonin there's a sign of dysfunction in the body and you have to pinpoint that that's the issue and if you correct it you simply correct that pathway to the serotonin production right the flotation device could possibly produce more serotonin on your own right a medication like you know Prozac Zoloft Wellbutrin they're not going to produce more serotonin on its own. In fact, Wellbutrin doesn't even produce more serotonin. It produces more norepinephrine. But actually, I say it absorbs more. It doesn't produce more, like I said. If a medication doesn't produce more, that person functions better with more production of serotonin. You have to get that person to produce more. And the genetic mutation of the MTHFR gene might not allow that person to produce the serotonin needed in order to keep up with life's demands. Right. It's sad because I know deep down no one probably told them this. No, no, absolutely not. And you know we live in um, in a society where it's processed food, and when we there's 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 tons of literature that shows processed food and high sugars, uh, fru- high fructose uh, syrup inhibits serotonin, or it, it'll inhibit something tryptophan, which will turn in serotonin. You're right. You're right. And it's interesting because we talked about tyrosine and tryptophan, which are essential amino acids. So for amino acids, like people, most people think about amino acids like bodybuilders. Like I take amino acids, BCAAs, because it's going to bulk up and I'm going to get protein and big muscles and all that. Gains, bro. Gains, bro. It it (laughs) might happen. But the thing is, like, those essential amino acids aren't just going to go produce, like, you know, muscle. Tyrosine is going to produce dopamine and maybe produce melanin, right? Tryptophan produces serotonin, melatonin, and NAD, Right. right? And there's pathways that it goes along that the body just knows how to do it on its own. What happens is if you have mutated genes, those pathways don't don't occur like they should. Right. They don't fire like they should, and other pathways uh, occur because of that reason. Your 
your friend's brain is very similar to that of people that have things like schizophrenia and bipolar disease and cognitive decline which runs along with MS, Parkinson's, you know, Alzheimer's. I've heard this thought that if a guy lives forever, eventually he's just going to have prostate cancer because that's just what happens. Why do we have menopause? It just eventually happens. If your friend would have lived a longer time, would he have been more at risk for Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, MS, schizophrenia or something? Right. Maybe that was the underlying issue. Right. Which is there always an underlying issue. Which is, right? Know. So, but, but then I wonder too, how is it that it's just like with alcoholics. How do some people function past that? How do they adapt to it? And how do they how do they live? Right? PTSD is a real thing. Right. Absolutely. And so we talk about like flotation, yeah. ketamine, all that stuff too to address it. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, w- when if if the MTHFR gene, let's use me for example. If I compound stress, that just makes this work even less. Right, it's not where I'm my without my MTHFR gene is shit. It's, it's not working good. So if I compound that with stress, it's it's going to work even less. Right. But what is stress in your mind? Oh man, that's a that's a good, that's a million dollar question. Right. So what do you consider stress? What do I consider stress? <sighs> <laughs> man, that that was a stressful question. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put um, on the spot. <laughs> um, what do I consider stress? Um, Something I can't handle. Okay. That's what I consider stress. Um, or something that's difficult to handle. And I guess it's I'm getting more um, emotional, but there's physical stress. There's emotional stress. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I con- would consider stress. That's a great answer. You know? That's a great And it's funny because you said what my body can handle. Right. Do you, you handle stress well? Yeah, at times. Yeah, I do. <laughs> How do you know? Depends on my reaction. Good. <laughs> okay, know? so what would be, how, how would you say he reacts when times of stress? I'm looking at his fiance over there. She's smiling at me. My wife. Oh, wife, sorry. Uh, <laughs> she's smiling over here, but I'm saying, how does he handle stress when he's stressed out? What does he do? <laughs> yeah. Solitude. Solitude. Okay. For the podcast listeners, so she said that he steps away and goes, to be by himself for a little bit. He seeks solitude. Okay, which is interesting. I think that's how I do it too. Which is really interesting because think about this. When you're depressed, do you want to be around people? No. No. When you're depressed, do you want to be by yourself even more so? I don't know. That's kind of a... Uh, yes, that, that's that's the part. So going back to the question I said I was going to ask you, like right. how, what, how do you feel the difference between anxiety and depression? Because that's the thing that you just asked, right? It's like when you're depressed, do you want to be around people? Like you just want to be worse. That's that's like you just want to like if this for is some people. For some people, right? Well, I mean, I, I, as far as like the depression state, I think like yeah. it's almost like you just want it to be worse. Like you can just fall deeper and deeper, and you don't even recognize it on there that you're in there until you're out of it. That's usually how I feel about depression. And it's weird because I imagine I almost when you say that I almost picture you like falling. Like Correct. falling deeper down a tunnel, right. and you're like looking up, and you're like, I, "There's no way I can climb myself out of this now. I'm just going to keep going further down." Right. But it's almost like, but I'm making a nice little hole down here, and like I'm getting yeah. comfortable because yeah. this is where I belong right now. There's a lot of power down there too. A lot of misery. It's a know? lot of misery. It's a lot. Is that's what I'm saying? Imagine 
that you don't have time to go do that, right? right? Because that does take, what, an hour at yeah. least, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, if I go to the gym, it's, you know, 20, 30 minutes just to drive over there sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, depending on traffic. Just adding more stress. And it's adding more stress, <laughs> right? So I'm saying, like, I can't wait till I get there, and then I work my ass off pumping iron, getting all hyped up, whatever, running to relieve the stress, but internally, I've added more. Right. And when people talk about relieving stress, what about those times when they don't have the time to do it? So that goes back to my question. How do we internally adapt to stressors? I think a mutated MTFR, HFR gene, on the surface, it comes out and through the cracks eventually, like my depression's coming out. My gray hairs are coming out. I'm gaining weight. I can't go to the bathroom. I can't sleep. I'm in pain. Not motivated. I'm not motivated to do it. These people don't see that. Mm. They think, oh, it's all separate from this. And it's interesting because it's a cycle that chemically is stressing their body out, and they mm. don't realize it because if d depression wasn't because, oh, my finances and my loved one broke up with me, it's like, no. Your brain's wired differently due to your genetic mutations that you're going to be more prone to having these types of issues. Right. It just happens to be that because this pathway is related to the neurotransmitters, right. you're more prone for whatever neurotransmitter dysfunction there is. Right. Everyone associates depression as the serotonin dysfunction, but serotonin does way more than just, you know, mood. Right. Yeah. And so PTSD, which I... We have a friend in college who, a little after college, he hung himself too. And he was he went, served overseas, served our country, left a kid behind. Mm -hmm. Didn't tell anyone that he was doing this shit, right? Didn't really kind of hypey-go-lucky on the surface, and internally he's breaking. Right. So I know he's not handling stress, but like you said, how many guys and people are willing to come out and say, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not handling life right. that well, man. I'm just, I'm broken. Right. Because that's how they feel. I ha don't have control. I have to have control. Going in the flotation device is like the ultimate metaphor for letting go. <laughs> yeah. That's right? really what it is. I have a fear of, of flying in heights. Why? Because my feet are not touching the ground. The ground is stable. Right. If I do this, I don't like that. Right. If I'm walking on the ground, the ground is not moving. It's stable, right? If people say, if I stay in bed... I don't have to face the world. Nothing's right. going to happen to me. Right. I'm going to shut off everything else and be in my happy spot for a second to regain myself. We do that every day when we sleep. Right. If we sleep. If we, if sleep, we sleep. sleep. If we sleep. If we if sleep. If we sleep well. Yeah. If we sleep well. <laughs> which is incredible because then out of you can ask 10 people, how many of y'all sleep well? Ask 10 people, how many of you have energy throughout the day? Ten people, are you happy all the time? I find this very interesting that the stigma around depression is a negativity. Right. <laughs> I don't think depression is a negative thing. Yeah. I think it's just it's part of who we are. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and goes back to the thing that I think darkness is part of right. who we are. I'm okay to be unhappy. So am I. I mean, I'm unha there, there's, there's quite a bit of time where I'm... I'm that I learn from my unhappiness. Yeah. You know? Learn. It can be a great teacher. Yeah. What's life taught you, right? Because there's no way in world in the world that we ha all are just doing this all the time. Right. There's no way. I mean, was it Conor McGregor? 
he was an overnight success that took like 15 yeah. years to happen, right? I mean, it's just incredible, right? No one sees the struggle that are people going through as you develop it. I mean, you're business owners now, right? You were beginning to deal with that. Your stress with <laughs> a baby is going to be a whole other dimension, whole right? <laughs> but we, I did it too. And I had to take care of myself. And I had to understand more about how I function in order to function better for others around me. Right. Right? Because you're no good to anyone else if right. you can't take care of yourselves. And, we, and we've, been, we've been discussing that. People will invest in their house. They'll invest in real estate. They'll invest in their car. They'll get a new laptop. But they won't invest in their own health. They won't invest in themselves. They won't They won't go introspectively and, and, and really <sighs> self-care. It's self-care. You can't be a good doctor for me if, if you're not good. And, and I can't be a good father if I'm not good. I can't be a good husband. I can't, I can't do those things if I'm, not, if I'm not good with myself. That's right. You know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all, all the things. Um, it's, a very, uh, it's a very powerful thing to be able to wake up in the morning and be in a good mood. But it's even more powerful to wake up in the morning and not be in the mess mood, but still, you know, you're going to go out and take on the day. Yep. And that's big, you know, and that's what I found out from, you know, floating the most is being able to handle these stresses a little bit more. We're not, it's not always going to be sunny days. I've lost friends on sunny days, you know, and rainy days aren't bad, yep. you know. We need the rain. We need, we the, need rain, the rain, you know, and um, I think we get caught up in like it's, 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 it's labels. We get caught up if I'm not feeling good, there's something wrong with me. And I was telling you um, that study from Harvard that said negative self-talks creates inflammation within the body. Yeah. You know, and um, you just got to start looking at uh, these different modalities to be able to help the depression because it's from a biochemical level, obviously, but also it's from being disconnected. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about if I touch you on your arm, oxytocin. Yeah. You know, bonding. Yeah, that I I had this weird measurement. I used to, and I haven't done this as much, but I used to see like, could I hug eight people in a day? Right. Right. And we have a good friend who gives really long hugs <laughs> to the point where it's like it makes you uncomfortable, <laughs> but he knows he's doing that to right. get you out of your comfort zone. Right. Because there's a certain, and I know there's tons of science behind it. Right. When you cross someone's comfort zone, it's like, man, like. You're invading my space. Right. But it's like we don't kiss each other. We don't hug. We don't hold hands. That sensation triggers dopamine response. It triggers euphoria because literally the energy that's felt from another human being is something that we feed off of, right? We ourselves. You said it right at the beginning. Biology speaking, I'm a bunch of fucking atoms, right? I'm a bunch of chemical compounds here is made out of water and hydrogen and calcium and somehow my body knows how to function better and it just does it like everything is designed in here for me and you and all of y'all to just work the environment screwed it all up if you're born with genetic mutations you were designed to function differently figure out how to function the way that you need to right and it's unique and, and it's unique, unique to each person. Right. And I don't think everyone needs to be happy all the time. No, no. I mean, I can't. There's no fucking way I can be happy 24 hours a day. Allison is like the only person I know that can be happy every <laughs> hour of the day. You're you not know? the first person to say that. I just <laughs> smile too much. But <laughs> I was going to say um, I- it's not even necessarily like 
you guys saying, you know, I'm not trying to be happy all the time. It's just knowing that life ebbs and flows, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm lucky that it's my natural response to smile at everything, but that means people don't know when I'm actually upset. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Baldo's <laughs> called me out a few times, <laughs> but I mean, you know, just, I think there's a difference cause for me, you know, I, I'm younger and I have friends that are just kind of getting used to having quote unquote real jobs and right. uh, especially the ones who maybe went into jobs they didn't really care about, but they wanted the money. Um, it's kind of hitting them now. Like, Oh shit, this is what I'm going to be doing for 30 years. If I just continue making these choices and a lot of them will talk to me and say, I'm never happy. And that's not good either. And I think as much as we can do things to seek happiness and do things that we enjoy to try and create happiness, it's also, as, as much as a, it is a cliche, happiness is a choice to some extent, or at least not wallowing in the bad, you know, right. addressing the bad, dealing with it, allowing yourself to feel those things, but also realizing like, hey, overall big picture, I'm super fucking lucky to have this life. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of like yeah. enjoy the process of searching for the happiness, right? Because right. It's almost like, I mean, everyone always talks about how like things are just getting worse nowadays, right. but it's also like we also have a lot more resources right now, or at least access to information to figure things out. It's just a matter of like wanting. It's a matter to of per perception, yeah. you know, and that's why I go back to the hypothalamus. You know, it, it, its master is the environment. You know, and if you can get your mind on something, we we've all been there. You, when you start to constantly run in your mind, oh, this is bad, this is horrible, this is horrible, your, your entire world sucks. Your entire world sucks once you start to, like, really dwell on that. So going back to that uh, statement you made about the research that's coming out with, uh, what was it, with uh, negative thoughts or negative Oh, yeah, it was Harvard. Um, it, was a Harvard uh, um, it was a Harvard study that said um, negative self-talk and destructive thought patterns um, created uh, – uh, cytokines within yeah. the body which inflammation um and john was like damn makes sense because you're you're creating a physical manifestation True. mentally you know That's exactly what i was gonna say that was the, the exact thing i said too was that is physical evidence that you can draw from your blood work right and say my yeah. mental state is affecting my physical state right. i love that they're releasing those studies well, well it's cool that just to, to to know that now there's studies on that because so a few years back there's a i think it's on youtube now and it's called what the bleep um yeah did you ever see that and yeah. so they did one there where it was like they did water testing of uh, freezing of water like droplets of water like japanese japanese doctor right right and they were like given negative thoughts and as they would fall the droplet would fall and they would freeze it would freeze you know it creates a structure right and it was always like the ones that were followed by you know the test subjects sending positive thoughts to this water molecule they, they were beautiful had, like, beautiful like right. patterns and then not and, and the opposite for they were um, very ugly and distorted and, 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 and yeah and and it was and it's interesting right because it's like oh well, that's just you can see that but now it's like but we're made of like mostly water right we're made of mostly water <laughs> but then when, when we talk about that what does quantum physics sh show us you know that we're really energy because once what's an atom made of yeah. and then what are those made of and is if you keep looking it's lo and energy. behold little fleas got fleas on their back and it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller
The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. What is it? Yeah. No, I, the, the Russian nesting dolls, you know? One inside of another inside of another. Well, I, think, <laughs> I always think about how much information is coming out about the brain that I laugh at, like, traditional medicine <laughs> reports that they say, like, wow, the gut really might be connected to the brain, and the microbiome then really might affect the way that we function and inflammation in the body. <laughs> we've heard this and researched it, and we've seen reports that do it. Imagine 10 years from now when reports come out on like CBS or NBC or whatever that says, yeah, your negative thoughts are killing you. Right. Then people are like, oh, now I'm going to pay attention. Now I'm going to start thinking positive thoughts. Well, they'll bring up medicine that'll help you think more positive. Right, take, right. You <laughs> gotta take, take the, a pill. Fuck it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Take fuck it all, it all right there. That's it. But, fuck it. But, but you know what's funny about that? We need a patent a pill called that. That's going to be I one of our dailies. I only say Look this out. because I think there was a TV show or skit that said for a joint, it was like, this is the fuck it joint, fuck yeah. it all or whatever. Yeah. Like, just take two of these a day and you won't give a shit about <laughs> whatever's going <laughs> on in your life, life. right? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because it brings <laughs> us about one thing that I know you wanted to probably mention a little bit too is the cannabinoid system. Absolutely. All right. So you gave me this wonderful book called Cannabis Health Index, mm -hmm. all right, CHI. It looks like a stick is a textbook that you have for the whatever the biohacker book that Keith gave you, metaphysics or whatever. Autophagy. Autophagy. Looks like a traditional textbook. And it has thousands of research papers explaining why our bodies were designed for THC and CBD. Right. It's incredible because we were just talking about the scheduled drugs. Uh, for people who are in the known and who don't, uh, Weed is about to become like legit, like legal, right. like across the board within a few years. It won't, it will be just like alcohol. You can go up to the store and go buy a carton of joints. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just picturing now you can get some gummies or vapes some or whatever. Or greens. Yeah, yeah oils, it's you cool. can cook it with butter. Right. I mean, I mean, there's some, there's some vape shops in town that are already doing that with the CBD joints and cigarettes. Right. Like they're really nice. So yeah. And so if you, if you think about it, our bodies have already been designed for that. We're just now catching on to the idea that this plant that was here before us and will be here after is made for us, right? right? All the stuff that was in this earth is like for us, water, light, whatever. Mushrooms. Mushrooms, yeah. right? So that just became decriminalized, right? In Colorado. In Colorado. Well, it's just uh, the FDA is now labeled it something about forget what it is but breakthrough medicine which means that that can now be used for research so they can bring down the schedule, schedule the and, and they're in the same thing with uh, MDMA so it's in the same process correct it's both MDMA and psilocybin so it's in the same process that weed was before where it went through a phase of like oh only medical and then it's like oh some recreational and it'll be statewide as well too now 
this is where it's leading to. To one day, you walk into your so-called, maybe, your doctor's office, <laughs> and they say, <laughs> I have depression. Right. See, this is what I wanted to get to. There we where, go. what am I going to do for my depression, doc? And they're going to say, I want you to smoke, inhale, ingest some really good stevia <laughs> or stativa, I yeah. should say right there. <laughs> like stevia and sativa <laughs> are two so very awesome. different things. You know what sativa means, right? What? The useful plant in Sanskrit. It means the useful plant. Sativa. Sativa. And the useful what does indica mean? Huh? What is indica? I'm not for sure what indica means. Um, Chill. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be chilling. <laughs> but Dr. Andrew Wow, have you heard of him? Yeah. Yeah, he he talks about um how cannabis we've evolved with it over the past like 5 to 6,000 years and how we've groomed it that it's in it's one of our best friends just how dogs are. How we we've evolved with cannabis <laughs> in the same way that we've evolved with dogs. So, so we're adapting with weed? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Cuz at the same rate I always talk about the rate of adaption between like foods, right? You know, like nuts and allergies. Yeah, so develop. that's that's what I'm actually worried about. I'm looking at like all the the breeds that are basically being oh, made, right? And I'm like, now I hear about GMO vaping, like, and basically the extract is GMO now, right? And so it's like, what is going to happen when we take something as it's natural swag. as a that's weed plant and cultivate and we, it and we cultivate yeah. it for our own benefit? Is it going to be modified? Is it going to be sprayed with this and preserved right. with this? And now it's like, just like Willie said, the weed I'm smoking now is not the same when I'm back in the 70s, right? Because right. it was always better way back when. But that strain was a lot different than this one now. This is powerful, right? right? Yeah, for and sure. But the thing is, you take the medicinal properties out of which people are really trying to get behind, and you say, yes, for your depression, the cannabinoid system activates, and if you're going to back me up on this, CB1, CB2. Yes which are the receptors in that part of the body that help you function better and produce whatever byproducts you need. CBD1 and CB2 are the receptors for the cannabinoid system, and our entire body has these receptors all, all throughout the it. body. Everywhere. THC Everywhere. and CBD activate one or the other. I think THC activates both. Yeah, both CBD1 and CBD1. CBD does CBD1. Yeah. Well, there's several CBDs, right? Well, I mean, dude, there's, there's CBD1, CBD2, CGN, you know, and yeah. like... And there's hundreds of cannabinoids, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, and then, like, they have... Um, oh, man. I would pull open the book. But I know. I, it's a, I had the books at home. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his notes on there. I can uh, read them. Um, it's... Uh, what else? There's... Uh, what is the term they use? Um, it slipped my mind right now. <laughs> um, okay. Maybe I can help you with it. Which, which I'm only through like the first. It's, like it's, um, third. it'd be cool if you like, well, like terpenes. You you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me jog your memory here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some fucking motivation. Yeah, or yeah. Motivation. That's what we call motivation. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what it was. Yeah. And I think the cannabinoid system is opening the doors <laughs> for possibilities of modifying extracts. Right. To attach to these receptors. Right. And I think. It could go either way. It could be as natural as possible. Right. And really, what the... I say this. What's the harm of eating THC? Do it every day. What's the harm of eating it if it doesn't come in a candy with processed sugar right. and oils? Right. If it's literally like, I baked it into this quinoa salad. I could probably make it, you could probably make it into an oil pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. Huh? The yeah. butter, right? Yeah, butter. Oh, I got it in ghee oil at... at yeah. 
Yeah. Do you know it's it's boiling point? It's like 425. <laughs> no, so you can cook with it. Be like, huh? It's yeah. 420. Yeah, it's oh. like you made that shit. Yeah, up. with with uh, you made that uh, shit. No, up. it's 425. <laughs> it's 425, man. <laughs> so you can cook with it. Yeah, uh, potatoes and uh, you know potato greens. queso. Yeah, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> And it's gonna be. Healthy. I made this queso this weekend. And Killer. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was potatoes based. Yeah. Algae oil and uh, nutritional yeast mostly, basically. Yeah, there's all the B vitamins and oh everything yeah. in there. Yeah. And it's funny because if he were to add THC to it. Well, if I substitute the algae oil right. to make a THC oil. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Then yeah. all of a sudden now I'm saying this this food is gonna bring health to whoever eats it. Right. Like, no one can doubt. I don't care what researcher There's or scientist says, oh, it's still a controlled one, blah, blah, blah. Like, nope. It ain't what worse it, than sugar. It ain't worse than sugar. It ain't worse than those fucking antipsychotics that you're it. giving someone. And just try right. it. And just try it. Well, so John, John <laughs> tell everybody about that study that I, I sent you. Okay. So, um, there is – well, which study? I'm talking about the one that uh, they did the, the lab test with uh, rats. And showed that the rats chose sugar over cocaine and found that sugar activated the same receptors, same part of the brain as cocaine. And not only acted the same part, it was stronger. Yep. So in our brains, mm. the pleasure site is where dopamine flocks to. Dopamine is increased, I guess, in production-wise. goes with chocolate intake, heroin intake, and opioids and sex. Okay, those are all things that people like to enjoy, regardless right. of how you believe it or not, right? Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> Sometimes at the same time. And if you can do that and multitask, I'm very, very impressed. If someone takes a sugar molecule, knowing that it increases dopamine and pleasure in the body, and they modify it and say, we want it sweeter, and can you put a chemical in there that makes it more addictive? What we have is typical American food. We have food that is not only making us fatter, but it's making us more addictive for that stuff that goes to our brain because those chemists know all about the dopamine receptors. They know about serotonin. They know that after you eat chocolate that you feel really high afterwards because dopamine is flying. Then you have that horrible crash, just like with any stimulant, sugar, alcohol, methamphetamine, methamphetamine. You Mm -hmm. get so hyped up off of basically like speed and ephedrine and epinephrine that your body runs off that kind of energy. It's almost similar to cortisol energy. Right. Like your body's just like, <sighs> just overexcited. Imagine if you're just overexcited stimulant, you drink a whole pot of coffee, that's, you're gonna crash at one point. Right. Now imagine you're doing that over and over again, over again with sugar, but you're doing it to your brain, right? Now you have the recipe for basically, like you know that feeling you get when you're hungover? Yeah. Right? And you just feel like my body's had enough that's your fucking brain after sugar of doing it for 20 years. And your brain's saying, like, we've had enough, man. Quit right. eating this shit. And your body's saying, nah, we want this shit. Let's <laughs> keep eating it. Now they got THC in it, man. Yeah. Let's fucking eat this shit. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, if you put the THC in the potato queso versus the milk chocolate Hershey's bar or whatever that you had there, that's less likely to inflame you than the chocolate bar. Right. But the chocolate bar is probably going to make you feel better at first with the worst side effects down the road. So now you go back to the depression. The person who presented to that doctor's office said, hey, I've been reading all about THC and how wonderful it is for depression. I can just eat that all the time, right? And then all of a sudden, my depression's gone. 
Hopefully your doctor says, well, yeah, but what do you eat after you ingest the THC? Are you eating potato queso or are you eating milk chocolate bars all the time and drinking it down with diet soda? Yeah. Yeah. And then to me, that is way unhealthier, but yet all society is going to say, he shouldn't be doing THC, that's mm. illegal, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to say, you know what should be illegal is fucking diet soda. Right, for sure. Cigarettes. Cigarettes should yeah. be illegal. Yeah. And it's incredible because this is the first time I've ever seen it since I've been alive, that cigarettes might be uncool in about five years. Right. The alcohol, the drinking alcohol is going to be considered uncool. And they're popping up bars that where they're sober bars. Because really? people are like, yeah, I don't want to go hang out about, about drunk, drunk people. Like, I don't. Right. I got shit I got to do the next day, and it's unhealthy for me. Well, and then and that, and go back to we're here again with depression. What's one of the – what in our society, how do you deal with your depression? Go to the bar. Everything is go to the bar. Get more depressed. Get more depressed. That's what it is. Go to the bar. Drink it. Drink your sorrows away. Oh, go I can do it. I can tell you what happens there. Oh man, it doesn't end very well. Oh, put it that way. And the issue is like if somebody drinks to basically help their depression. So, and I say in quotations, it's not helping anything at all, <laughs> right? Because it's not the answer they're looking for. You can, you can escape the darkness. Right. right, you can go into the darkness for three hours, four hours, black out into the darkness, literally, and then you re- rise it back again, and all your shit's still laying there, right. right? Because you didn't take care of the other things that were contributing to everything around you. Depression's one thing. I'm born with genetics; they're going to make me more predisposed to depression, anxiety, sleep deprivation. But it's the same thing like this. I have genetics; they're going to make me predisposed to diabetes. I have genetics that make me predisposed to Alzheimer's, but I'm not going to succumb to that. Why? Because I have a secret weapon: the thought process that I have the ability to choose. Right, choice. And that's the thing. No matter what, if you as a consumer have the power to say, "I'm going to spend my hard-earned cash on THC and CBD pills and pops and whatever," as opposed to going and paying for these types of treatments that blah 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 then all of a sudden people are going to shift their focus towards whatever the consumers are demanding right weed is going to be legal not because all these lawmakers in the south think it's a great idea they're going to get their pockets fatter because lobbyists are going to say hey this is going to be good for all the businesses to support you you better make sure you pass this law right it's not because we saw this research with epilepsy and how wonderful it helps they've been doing that shit forever go to the capitol hill and one of the texas legislative sessions and there's a hundred people on the steps all with epilepsy and seizures saying weed helps us function better we're not trying to get high and play video games all night and drive a jack-in-the-box we're saying this is how i sleep so i don't pee on myself all next day because my brain is so deprived of sleep can i can i interject something here on I know we've been kind of talking about like depression and anxiety stuff too um, I know people who their excuse for drinking socially is that it helps them with quote unquote helps them with their social anxiety so we were discussing before the podcast how depression and anxiety don't typically coexist in one person do you think that drinking to quote unquote help anxiety is possibly the time when those two do exist together. Um, um, because alcohol is a depressant. Al- alcohol, alcohol is a depressant. But you know, if I have one glass of wine, I get a little loosened up. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I don't. But it's when you have that second, third, fourth, fifth, and then you really let loose, you know. And then you don't become um, ne- necessarily um, anxious. In a, in a way, you become belligerent. 
you know, and there's that fine line of of if of choice again, you know, if you if you cross into that realm of trying to fix your anxiety or your depression externally, you're you're set up for a failure. And that's why I try to come back to the float tank. Come to the dark and like face your problems and and deal with them. You know, nobody's saying don't have a glass of wine, nobody's saying um, anything of the sort. But we sweep our problems underneath the rug, and they begin to manifest. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the, that's the whole word, dis-ease. You're not at ease. Yep. You know, uh, you know, I was talking to you last time I was down here. You know, there's this whole patho- uh, pathogenic, patho- uh, pathological model, you know, but nobody talks about the opposite. Because there's all, if there's one, there's, if there's heads, there's got to be tails. If there's black, there's got to be white. Yep. You know, there's got to be an opposite, and that's salutogenesis, you know, health. Yeah. And we're constantly worried about cancer and disease and congestive heart failure, um, atherosclerosis, and, and all these things. But wh- are we talking about what to do to – that's a positive thing. Here we're going again about positive thoughts. You know, wh- if, I, if, I, if I smoke cigarettes, I know what's going to happen eventually. If I eat a bunch of sugar, I know it's going to happen. So to, to get away from the negative and get more towards what can I do to make my health better, not what do I got to get away from? Yeah, because I think it's not necessarily like if I just do this one thing, I know it's going to take care of it. We're, the problem with most people is that they want a quick fix. Right. They want a fix. Right. Most people that come in here are like, give me a diagnosis. Tell me what it is that's wrong with me. That way I can go research it and find a solution because that's the answer. Right. It's not that simple. No. Because the truth is, regardless of whether you have diabetes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, gut, you know, uh, dis- dysfunction, like you have essentially inflammation and disease. Right. So it's like get rid of your stressors in your life. That's easy. What am I supposed to do? Go float all day and live right. in a cave or whatever? It's like, <laughs> well, I don't know. If you give the body what it's missing, right. does it function better on its own? And then it's a maintenance therapy right. behind it. So can you speak really quickly earlier before um, we were you talked about how your anxiety has gone down through the roof since absolutely since we started doing testing and doing all yeah. that can you help just on your phrase as far as deficiencies goes can you guys speak about that how first of all how it f- how the difference feels and um you know i think um like i was saying earlier you know i have a lot less of what i would call sub-vocalization talking in the head um, i think we all have that it's kind of natural it's like a linguistic type of thing mm-hmm. um but if I do catch myself being anxious, it's kind of there and gone. You know, I see it, I observe it, and I continue moving forward. And I've been taking bliss. I um, mean, you could probably get into a little bit more um, on what the bliss side would do, you know, or what it does through, like, the methylation cycle. Um, but I feel that my depression is and anxiety has really just dissipated. Um, and it's like you say, it's not just one thing. I float, I exercise, I've changed my diet, um, I've changed who I hang out with, i changed about what I think about, um, what I watch, um, you know, what type of air am I breathing? Am I getting up in the morning? Am I going outside and we have, what, a thousand pine trees at our house? You know, am I going, am I smelling the trees? Am I yeah, smelling cool. the roses? Am I taking time? Am I slowing down? Um, and all these things go into that. So when I started to come in here, um, 
I didn't know what to expect, you know? I really didn't. When I met you at PaleoFX, um, I got my first shot of NAD and glutathione. And as soon as I got that, I got it, it was B12, glutathione, and NAD. And he told me, you might want to sit down. Some people get a little, uh, get yeah, a little, woozy. little yeah. woozy. And I was like, no, I'm good. And he was like, you good? And I was like, I'm good. I went upstairs, and I was just spitting spitting information to everybody, you know, that was coming up with Lucialite. And uh, and that was that was when I first knew, hey, there's something there's something about this that, that cognitively yeah. is it, it was it was instant. It was instant. Yeah. I don't know if I digressed a little bit in answering no, your question. No, no, you're, you know? you're fine. And it's, and it's crazy that you put it that way because, uh, you know, with, for me, it's, it was depression. Bliss got, helped me get out of that, right. too. And I don't think that, if anything, it helps me recognize it easy, sooner so right. that way I don't have to deal with it. Right, for sure. For sure. Right. And that's, like that's one thing I've noticed is that I, I, I'm able to recognize it. Um, I mean, just the other day, I... Um, like it know. buys you time. Yeah, you know, just the other day, I kind of... Um, I kind of popped off to Alexandra, and it was kind of a rude comment. And like, I said to myself, "Why'd you do that?" You know. And, and then a little bit later that day, I kind of was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, like, I apologize for that. I saw that I, I recognize that, and I just want you to know I'm sorry." You know. Um, and that's another thing that I've noticed in the past, really three, three to four months, is not only just the decrease in anxiety and more of an increase in happiness but also acceptance of myself you know as, as who I am of of my problems you know I've accepted that well do you think that's because you understand what's going on now a little bit better yeah I do and it's almost like a veil veil has been lifted you know like things were kind of foggy at first you know not like I'm not crazy yeah <laughs> I'm not crazy everyone else feels the way that I feel that's yeah, interesting you know? Be, most people who come in here they're frustrated with whatever situation they're in right like they're saying i feel like i'm not being heard i feel like they're not listening i feel like i go here and they're not at ordering the right things they're not giving me the right stuff yeah. and i'm it's like, like it's typical it's like they said everything was fine right but yeah. i'm not fine <laughs> yeah and so we kind of ask well, well what brings you in and they're like i need energy i want to lose weight and i want to feel better I'm like okay everyone wants that right but then you start asking well, well tell me about your energy levels oh i don't sleep right and have a crash in the afternoon tell me about your weight gain i've gained 30 pounds in the past year tell me about your mood i'm pissed all the time about to leave my so-and-so about i mean we've literally had people tell like i'm about to leave so-and-so can you help us and i'm like don't put that shit on me you know like I mean, maybe boost your <laughs> serotonin. Y'all can tolerate each other now. Like, that's one thing. But I was telling you before, I look at everybody as a bunch of atoms right. and chemical pathways that are going in the body. And if we could see that internally on the surface, I'd be like, oh, there's your cycle that's off right there. Your B6 is not going to your heart, and you're not able to lower the homocysteine, and that's why you're housing inflammation in your arteries. Oh, you're not getting the B6 to go to your brain. And that's why you're not producing serotonin, right? Uh, or dopamine or whatever, right? You're not absorbing it, let's say it that way. Um, so when people come in here, I don't like treating symptoms as so much as I like to address issues. Right. Right? And th there's a difference there. I think there is. And so, like, if you have a symptom, most of the time you're incorrect about whatever your symptom is. 
I'm depressed. No, you're not. You have an irritated gut and you don't sleep right and your adrenals are shot and your hormones are imbalanced and nutritionally you're not getting this blah blah blah. Right. But all they see is I'm depressed. tired, depra- right. depressed and tired. And I'm like, nope, that's not, that's a byproduct of your dysfunction. Right. All right. And I could tell you your dysfunction is occurring over here. Maybe you should emphasize all the key players in this section over here. The issue is, is that we don't get to look at the bigger picture all the time. And so we only treat one or two things. And so for anxiety, if you came in for anxiety five years ago, I probably would have said, here's this. Here's a clonopin. Here's this. Here's this. And then I hope the depression works out. Oh, you need something for that too? Let me give you something for depression. Some Celexis, a lot of parameters. Yeah, now more like if I give you SAMe and TMG right. and P5P, it's going to knock out both depression and anxiety. So I don't have to give you four or five different things. I'm just going to give you two or three things and address all those s- symptoms that you have. I'm not giving you stuff to address your symptoms. I'm giving you stuff because I'm saying you're not getting it in whatever the hell you're doing. Right. And you need this in order to function better. And so the methylation cycle is one of the things that I understand with the body, and now you're understanding it too. Your bigger picture is that if you're able to measure the changes from a neurotransmitter standpoint, you can see if you're being effective. Right. Until about an hour ago, you probably were never told you could measure serotonin in a blood test or a, a serum test or a urine yeah. sample. No. Now we can't. Right. We can measure serotonin production with 5-HIAA, which is incredible. I didn't say, hey, Kenzie, I think you're depressed, man. You Because imagine, I've had this talk and I've learned it the hard way. You got low serotonin production. Are you depressed? Fuck you. What? I, <laughs> I, I didn't. Sorry. Um, you have <laughs> low B6. In low serotonin and you production. You can't argue that. <laughs> what, what's going on? I don't know. Well, your wife was in here earlier and says you can't get it up, you can't sleep, you're pissed <laughs> off all the time, you have no energy. I'm not depressed. I just give me my testosterone. Right. That's what's not the issue, man. It's not right. your low testosterone, it's this function going on in your brain. Guys, I'm going to go work out and work out harder, but I'm still mad and irritable all the time. I don't want to touch my wife, blah, blah, blah. Working out is the way I deal with my stress. Bingo. And I'm like, how's that handling? We talked about Viagra, right? Right. This guy didn't want to get all lovey-dovey with his wife, but he's like, I need to get the job done when it's time for me to be better. Right? Like, for example, like, maybe my wife has needs. I have needs too, but I can't meet her needs all the time, but I will take this one pill to get me into that state of mind so I can't. And it's incredible because Viagra is literally a vasodilator that increases blood flow to your penis. Viagra was first developed as a blood pressure pill to help reduce hypertension. And if that's the case, the marketer said it's not working to help lower blood pressure like we thought, but it is giving a crazy erection for all these guys that last four or five hours. Maybe, maybe they seem to get in a float tank then, huh? Maybe they need to get in a float, float tank, tank, right? Because you can't, can't get hard. You need to come float. Well, that's... <laughs> it, and it's, do you do couples? It's it's <laughs> yeah, that should be your marketing tagline. God, they just made John Yeah, yeah. The couples experience? I think they might have one of those in Austin where you can float with I'm your partner. Really? They'd have yeah. it anywhere. They'd have it in Austin. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe y'all should come up with something <laughs> like that. I mean... <coughs> Two for one package? Well, because think about it. It goes back to the chemical standpoint. You're going to say, I don't have anything directly for your ED, sir, 
but I'm, you're probably stressed, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I know that if you're stressed, you're probably in sympathetic mode. Sympathetic mode, you can't achieve an erection. No. You need to be in parasympathetic mode where you can achieve an erection. I'm going to get you in the float device, and that's hopefully going to take care of the stress and shift you into parasympathetic mode. Right. And if he comes back and says, yeah, now I'm hanging out Saturday night with my wife. I feel great. I'm happy. Blah, blah. She's going to come back and be like, what are you doing for him? I want some of that too. And right. all he did was say, like, we're just shifting you out of this mode, and we're putting you into this mode because your body doesn't function this way. Right. And to me, that's all the methylation cycle is. Like, so whatever you're doing, you're not functioning right. Well, see, and that's what I was about to ask you. Can the parasympathetic or being in a sympathetic state, a fight-or-flight state, affect the methylation cycle? Yes. Yes. So if you have serotonin, let's, let's go back to that again. Right. Okay, so tryptophan is the precursor to serotonin. You need 5-HTP in order for tryptophan to convert over to serotonin. Serotonin then converts over to melatonin. You need 5-P5, P5P, I'm sorry, and you need SAMe in order for serotonin to convert over to uh, melatonin. The interesting thing is those are cofactors. They could be deficient, right? You could say, I'm going to take all the tryptophan and eat all the turkey I want to produce the melatonin I need. And you're like, well, you're missing B6, so you're never going to convert it over. That's one thing, right? But when you look at a lot of the of the issues when people come in, it's it's not a deficiency of some of the essential amino acids. It's just that the pathway is off, and you have to figure out which of the pathways are off. And so your mutated gene is almost like how would I put this? It's almost like imagine. <laughs> excuse me for the cough. Um, imagine you're doing an arm wrestling, and you're doing over the top, right? And you're winning, and you're winning, and you're winning. You're beating this person. And all of a sudden, someone walks by and distracts you. You turn your head, you lose that concentration, and then you lose. <clears throat> That's inflammation. Right. You're winning the battle with your genetics and your nutritional deficiencies. And all of a sudden, you eat sugar. You eat processed oils. You're stressed out to the max you lose that battle and then it shifts over into an inflammatory pathway so the serotonin production from tryptophan doesn't occur tryptophan starts producing something called kyanurate and that's what we tested right. for in that urine sample so the kyanurate pathway is an inflammatory pathway our bodies are designed for that tryptophan goes to like seven different pathways in the body that's what happens with tryptophan it'll go to b3 serotonin you know melatonin NAD, you know, whatever, and then kyanurate and quinonolate. Inflammation, stress, poor genetics, and poor nutrition puts you in an inflammatory pathway, the same like sympathetic mode. It's right. like a detour. It's a right. detour, and it stays there because when you put sugar in there, when you put processed ingredients, your negative thoughts, whatever, you're adding gasoline to that fire. And pathways and inflammatory pathways, the way that you test them in labs are called biomarkers. So when you go to your traditional doctor and they order this, they order what's called a CMP, it's a complete metabolic panel or a basic metabolic panel, it checks your kidneys and your liver function. Then they order something called your CBC, which is complete blood count, and it's red blood cells and white blood cells. Then they measure your cholesterol panel and maybe fasting sugar. That tells me what's going on with you right now. It doesn't tell me what's been going on, right. where you're going. It just says, this is where you're at right now. So your kidneys are filtering, your liver's healthy, your cholesterol's in, your blood sugar is okay, and you you know what? You're not you don't have an active infection because white blood cells aren't up, and you're not anemic because red blood cells aren't down. You're good. You're good. All right. What's going on with my hormones? Ah, 
What's going on with my serotonin? Uh, where's my inflammation building in my body because I feel like I'm inflamed and swollen? Mm. HSCRP. It's a general inflammation test we measure in blood work. It doesn't tell me where the inflammation is coming from. Rare that doctors order it unless they're thinking autoimmune disorders. And a family practice doctor will order an autoimmune panel. It's a small one, maybe like ANA. HSCRP. And the second they order it and it pops up, I'm going to send you to rheumatology. They handle autoimmune disorders and chronic inflammation. Rheumatologists give hardcore anti-malarial drugs that basically are variations of chemo drugs that basically act like antibiotics and shut down your immune system. That's what tamoxifen is. That's what Humira is. There are variations of chemo drugs, and if you know about antibiotics like vancomycin, we talked about right. you know uh, fluoroquinones, and you talk about hardcore like a bomb drugs. You give this to someone, you're just like, I'm just gonna wipe out everything. Microbiome's gone. Yep, just everything. gonna wipe it all out because what also happens, to, and this is exactly what happens: the rheumatoid patient doesn't just have an autoimmune disorder; they have pain and inflammation, and what has come with that? Irritable bowel, disrupted sleep, horrible, you know, mood. Mood, yeah. Right? You ever talk to someone in chronic pain? They are pissed. Is, yeah. And they're moody. You don't know what it's like to be in pain. You don't know what it's like. I'm like, I, I do know what it's like. It's horrible. It's debilitating. Right. It's like someone with a migraine. You feel bad for them. You don't know what to do. It's like depression. What do you do for all this shit, right? You're like, God, it sucks. You have to just grin and bear it sometimes, right? Suck it up. Get off your ass. Start moving around. Once you start moving around, hopefully it works itself out. That autoimmune disorder is not going away. Right. That depression is not going away. That brain dysfunction, that mutated gene is not going away. So then you say, how do I adapt, right? And the serotonin, the dopamine, the antioxidants, the ATP, all that shit, man, you can produce it in many different ways. You might get it from a float tank. You might right. get it from the sun. Uh, we just choose to do it for vitamins. Right. And yeah. and that's that's why we're so behind vitamins because I'm like – I don't know what you're talking about, but I know what I'm talking about is biochemistry. <laughs> if you can produce more serotonin through sunlight, I'm all for it. Right. That's another thing we don't get. Another thing we don't get. We don't. And, the, and look at look at it. We're we're awake when we need to be asleep, and have light in our face. And when we need to be outside, or inside. So it's completely ass backwards. Well, um. I was inside all day today, and we had the lights back here. They were turned off because the fluorescent lights bother me. I don't know. They just does something to me. I get kind of agitated sometimes. Yeah, when, uh, but then I'm just, like, super calm. And I'm, like, I'm sitting in a treehouse here, but this is, you know, I need to get outside and get some sun, like chest openers and all that stuff, grounding. Right. It's, it's these little things that you'll do to kind of just, like, piece together, right. you know, how you do it. I mean, if I have access to an ice bath and a, an infrared sauna, I'd probably be doing that more often, right? right? Grounding, you walk around without shoes and socks on a lot, right? Yeah. Which is cool. But the basic essentials of how we're supposed to function still hold true. What has to happen is you have to go out on your own to figure out how chemically you function. Right, that's and, big. And that's, 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 big. that's the biggest thing. And so for most people, like, well, how am I supposed to find all this? How am I supposed to do it? Well, you listen to podcasts. You go... To you know, source. You talk to kids. Paleo effects. Paleo effects, and you hear these things, and you talk about like what is it that I need to do for myself 
and you keep trying until you figure out something that works for you but don't give up because there's plenty of people out there who have their own stories who they're trying to deal with this and we haven't figured it out yet no no we haven't figured it out i mean we're gonna have depression again next week yeah right and we're gonna be sad again and it's gonna be okay because i was sad this morning and i'm really happy right now right and it's cool i know it's part of the process and and you know i honestly feel like we all met for some reason you, you got to find your tribe, you know, you got to find people that you really can connect with. Yeah, and so I'm grateful for you, Alexandra, and then the new one coming <laughs> along as little, well. Little Naomi. Little Naomi. And uh, I'm really grateful that y'all come here and spend the time with us and enlighten us on these wonderful books and what y'all are doing. We can't wait to go to the opening, which yeah. will be hopefully maybe next month. Oh, yeah, we need to come up with Yeah, we got to figure out the day. Yeah. Um, probably, probably sometime in September, okay. um, like the grand, grand opening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we we they're hitting on a baby. You it's know, a B. It's a B. It's either the she's business or the baby. That's yeah, right. right. Charity runs the business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah she <laughs> really. Does. She's already the boss of y'all. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but, Speak, but speaking of that, real quick, I want to I want to say this. Our midwife was telling us that um, the baby signals through the pituitary gland to signal for the baby to be born. Thought that was very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's our bodies just working on our own. Yeah, right. We don't even realize it. So, but that. I guess I'm I'm very happy for y'all. Um, I wish y'all a very uh, wonderful, you know, time with the delivery yeah. and, and uh, bringing this baby into this world. And and uh, how can people find y'all? Um, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, what are those handles? Source Floatwell. Um, source Floatwell. Yeah, sourcefloatwell.com. Dot com. Um, our um, sourcefloatwell.com will be up soon. I'm waiting for my brother to actually finish that. Uh, website, but uh, at SourceFlow on Facebook and Instagram, cool. and find us. Yep, Sweet. awesome. Well, thank we you so much. We appreciate y'all. Appreciate it, man. Thank y'all so much. Thanks, Baldo. Yeah.